Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, members of the 14th, this is Stephen, your host with Phantology Podcast, and I have my lifelong friend Jake here with me to once again talk about Malazan. We take way too long of a break in between books, and that can be challenging, but we are continuing with the series, and we're up to book six, The Bone Hunters, and we're just talking about the first half. So there are four books within the book, and we're talking about books one and two. Yeah, so part one of the book, which is books one and two. <laughs> yeah, got that? <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Honestly, Malazan is probably one of the more, the only time Malazan is forgiving, more forgiving to take time in between because lots of times the new books are just completely different stories to begin with which um, I guess doesn't apply as much here. This is more of a direct continuation from right. House of Chains. Yeah, and bo- in both books four and five, we, I, I mean, we didn't hit the reset button entirely, but it did kind of start new stories here. But now we're, uh, we are continuing with characters that we've seen, you know, since back in Gardens of the Moon. And uh, I don't know like what, how you want to structure this since it is like a part one. I think it could be kind of fun if we just try to like, figure out what's happening and then predictions for the second half of the book. Yeah. Like is, we'll do our best. I mean, yeah. If you're like a serious smalls on reader and mega fan, you're just going to laugh at us the whole time. Cause have, have pity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, I mean, I feel okay about most of the names cause I took some notes, but our speculation is going to be all over the place and we'll probably miss a lot of details, but honestly, yeah. like if there's one series where that's acceptable, I feel like it's this one. It's interesting me listening to it. I like I have to re-listen to parts so frequently, but the names are things that like I struggle with, especially like new character names. It takes me like a full book or so to like get those in my head. Like seeing in our notes, uh, Semar Dev, like I would hear that name like, yeah, that's a Malazan name. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, right, where I'm thinking right. back on a character, I'm thinking instead of Semar Dev, my brain would remember, oh yeah, the the inventor lady who's accompanying Karsa, you know, like that's right. And Karsa is a name I know partly because he's been there for at least a book now. And also because he's just super memorable. I don't think anyone is ever going to forget or he's not witness Karsa. Karsa is definitely (laughs) one of the better characters we've witnessed thus far in the story. 
let's say we're doing full spoilers. I mean, up to halfway through the Bone Hunters. Yeah. So, okay. you know, starting now, we'll just we'll do that because we just want to kind of talk about the book in this one. And honestly, I don't know who's listening to this that has. I mean, maybe people are trying to tune in to see after reading five, should they continue? But I mean, if you're that far into the series, you should, probably should if you're enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really liked book five, but I get that it could be jarring because it is like a big, basically yeah. a, a big prequel. But I mean, this is a, like like we said, direct continu- continuation of House of Chains, the fallout of everything there, plus picking up on some spots that were uh, kind of put on pause from other books. Definitely keep reading. I'm I'm really enjoying this. I think this has one of the, it doesn't have as good of a start as House of Chains, which has the amazing Karsa chapter after chapter after chapter you finally get Mm -hmm. some continuous like storyline but i think this one starts out pretty well getting familiar with these characters again you know seeing absalar and i guess i'm skipping the those prologues that are always like who knows what's happening and even the right i will say even the prologue in this one is a little more straightforward you know uh and again gonna have to look at the notes for the name but the the salt or i guess he's a diverse but uh dejim Dejim Nibral. Nibral, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's getting freed. For whatever reason, these gods are deciding to free them. And then one mm-hmm. of them, and they all get eaten, except for one. Except for the one who I saw uh, in my preparation for the episode is probably the Lady sister. Lady sister, of, right? Oh, so you already know this. That, and I, I don't know if I actually got that spoiled or if it is more apparent in there. Hmm. I didn't pick up on that until I was trying to review. They they do say something about her. I can't remember if they talk about the fact that she has a sister or what, but maybe that was just something that I accidentally got spoiled for. So my impression, it sounds like you're really liking it. There are parts of the first half that I really liked, and there are some things in the first half of this book that I'm just like, okay, this is dragging on. I'm not really loving these parts. Dra- okay, dragging on more so than Malazan tends to do in general or just general yeah that's a good question because it has it has been some time since we've read malazan so maybe just going back to it is always a little jarring because it definitely drags on uh more than most books i like a lot of slow burn books i think what i struggle with the most is that i'm reading these long passages and just not really understand over your head the basic I, I'm picking up on some details and names and kind of getting some ideas of what's going on. But sometimes even like the basic motivations for what's happening are not there. And that's just a little frustrating to me. Do you have uh, characters in particular? Like Absalar. She's on this assassination mission. Her cotillion, really unclear what exactly is happening, at, at least to me at this point. So more unclear what cotillion wants with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah. that she's going through this list of names and you could say it's kind of like the list of names that uh, another assassin in one of Brandon Sanderson's books is going through. And that's unclear until the very end. And there's a good reveal, but I don't know for, I think maybe there's just so many of these types of things I don't understand enough where it just becomes a little frustrating, especially when it's slower action. And I feel like I'm just kind of being like dragged along from philosophical thing to archaeological thing and yeah yeah, what is going on in this book yeah i think my understanding of absalar and cotillion right now is absalar has agreed to be his assassin so that way 
because she doesn't want Cutter or Crocus. I can is he Cutter in this book? He's Cutter. No, yeah. Basically, like he wanted, and like when we left them, the arc was he was trying to become more of an assassin to kind of be able to be with her while not realizing that she didn't want him to be an assassin, which is why she decided to take this instead of like because wasn't the last book this was offered to him like these or was I think that was not the last book with the book before that House of Chains I think so sounds sounds right so I mean that's basically all the motivate or all like the yeah motivation and like plot she's going through that so I that's understand good. maybe what I'm maybe I just need a reminder of those things every now and then like I feel like the series is very unforgiving and if you miss one detail it could like never be repeated again yeah I yeah that's true and to be fair, like that's all that's all I really know of what's happening with Absala right now. Like she's doing work for Cotillion for that motivation. And then she's I don't I don't understand what she is, what her the significance of her and Perrin meeting. A, a lot of that went over my head. Like Perrin kind of shared some plans with her, but she kind of acted like mm-hmm. I wonder if Perrin is an enemy or a friend right now, which I don't know why they just wouldn't assume that. Maybe goals. she does focus on like the last name on her list a few times. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's parent. Maybe, maybe it's someone. Yeah. It feels like the last name is more of a person that's going to be hard to kill because of her connection to them, rather than like yeah. this is a big boss. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's uh, Tavora. Maybe that's mm. why. I don't know. And then Cotillion. I have no idea what his goal is with killing all these people. So far, you see her kill one. Did she even kill one person or she come up on someone who was killed by someone else? She comes up on someone who was killed by an assassin of the nameless ones, right? Who we know the nameless ones were the ones that raised uh, Dejim. Yeah. And getting vibes that these are like agents of the crippled God, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Quick. Was it quick then someone like gives some exposition about them saying like, or calls them fools for, for anyone worshiping them? I don't remember, but I got the sense that they were like gods that were never that powerful, but wanted to be, I don't mm-hmm. know. But then the other part of Cotillion's plot is him trying to figure out how to deal with the crippled God. That's what I got the sense of like him and the, whatever Warren that was, the Shadow Warren. And the Shadow Warren where he's wandering around with the dragons that are chained. Yeah, and talking the to the edge, dragons. Edge walker. Yeah. Person. And, you know, mystery, mystery, whatever's yeah. going on there. And the, the main takeaway from that is, like, he's... We, we learned, basically, that the crippled god is an elder god, right? Because he says something. I don't know. That's what I interpreted, but I'm not sure if it's Don't true. we kind of already know that, based off the history of the crippled god being called down, like, eons ago? And I, I would assume he's an elder god. I don't know if I knew that. I must have missed that. Like, I know he's a new player, but... I feel like that was probably in uh, Memories of Ice, where we get the backstory, because uh, that dude who... Oh, The yeah. really super evil guy that killed Whiskey Jack. Calor? Whatever his name is. Yeah, Calor. Calor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is yeah. that right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. We'll go with that. He was involved in all that, right? And they called down the cripple god in order yeah. to stop him, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, they didn't really explain why. They just did, and they chained him. Yeah, Okay. But yeah, that's our takeaway from Cotillion as he's talking to dragons and Edgewalker yeah. trying to figure out. And then Edgewalker's getting vibes like, that I like. I like Cotillion. I feel like he is yeah. a, a good guy, like a one of the better characters, one that we can kind of cheer for a little bit. 
Yeah, even though he comes across as kind of like chaotic evil in book one, possessing Absalar and everything. But now at this point, it's, it more seems like Shadow Throne is more that chaotic yeah. side and Cotillion's Cotillion more... seems a little more organized. Even in, uh, what was it? Dust? What was the second book? Uh, the second book was called The the Path of Dogs. No. Chain of Dogs is what happens, but that's not yeah. the... Right. Because I was confused. House of Chains with Dead House Gates. That's what it is. Dead House Gates. That's the one. Because he, he works with uh, Kalam and dead house gates right he like sets him on some path. yes is that when kalam picks up that like demon th- thing weird demon dinosaur thing the it's like a agape i don't remember the name of it yeah what but, happened to that uh, thing I thing was cool he's gone now um did it die when hard, kalam hard to say. attacked lacine felicin's camp Felicin's oh, camp at the end of uh what was that book four book five before book four. yeah yeah possibly yeah, if you're yeah, like, yeah, if you're not realizing by now, we are really trying to string the pieces together. We're trying to. I I think about this sometimes. Like, like, man, it would have been a if I had known how complicated this series was to uh, before starting, and that we'd be reviewing them all this way. I think I would have been like, all right, I need to create some sort of like more robust note taking thing where I just update. Here's what I think the state of the series is and where it's going, and like I write down every character and blurbs basically like the meme from it's always sunny yeah like, we need a we need a board with, with yeah uh, maps and and pictures yeah. and red string everywhere but yeah i, I agree i think cotillion is seeming much more relatable and like okay this is a good guy i can get behind the part that went over the head for me is similarly like not understanding character motivations is like what is Hiboric doing like why is he heading back to the I jade have statue no idea what is going on with that it. group like that's probably the worst part of the book for me those passages like i i, I complained about the absolute thing which is really like not nearly as bad as i should have led with this one because saboric and cutter and felson younger and solara and gray frog like they're kind of this weird quirky group and it's a little bit funny with gray frog but i have I no like idea frog what is happening and now they're like dead but i mean i'm sure they're not dead yeah i i i enjoyed reading from those perspectives but i did not understand why they were why Hiboric was taking them there like he i like him as a character i like the arc he had in i mean dead, dead house case right house of chains i liked both of that and like him i thought it was interesting him being reclaimed by treach even though he had like he had like forsaken Fenner and then like betrayed Fenner, but then still, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. And like, I feel like this might be a moment where they're like, yeah, this Jade statue thing that gave him the ghost hands, it's more important. So we have to go back to it. I don't know. I don't really know, understand that. That being said, I really like Solara and I, I like, I think Gray Fog's pretty funny. And um, I'm interested to see what happens with the Phallus and Younger, especially with what we hear from the. Was it the Queen of Dreams, or who was the one who was like, "We need to protect. We need to get a new, not, a new Shaikh. New Yeah, yeah. After Leoman, yeah, betrays everyone and takes up. Yeah, that is something that happens. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Felsen and like she. That was like the temptation she offered to Leoman's second Korob, right? To say, "Come with us," and that that's yeah. how I. That's what I remember, at least. And that's how she got what's his name to follow suit as well. The guy who comes in. Oh, Lorik. 
right? Lorik, yeah. He's the one that comes in, right? Yeah, because he was he he was protector of the other Felicin and then also was protect trying to protect this Felicin. Mm. Um I'm excited to see him more because he has like didn't seem like he had a ton of screen time last time, but like all of a sudden there's this like dragon that is was it his dad or just like yeah yeah his yes, dad i remember that i don't remember his dad's name but he was very important yeah right anyways i'm interested with the fellas and stuff as well because first you had shaikh and then fellas the older became shaikh reborn and now you have fellas younger and again not related to them by blood at all but fellas right. younger like her storyline is kind of mirroring Felicin older a little bit in terms of like being young and suffering all this trauma and now maybe being used by mm -hmm. the gods Borg. or yeah also or, sure yeah. gods and like being dragged yeah. along on an adventure with a Borg. <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah that's i i i, could, I think I agree we're both like there. interested in these characters because they've been with us for a while but through the first half of this book like nothing has happened yeah and i just don't get why he needs to touch that jade statue like i i was thinking the storyline would go kind of different like he has those ghosts following him right he's he's seeing the land like from millennia ago yeah i don't remember if there's actually ghosts following him or not but he's definitely got some kind of no he does see like spectral visions of the yeah of the previous yeah like the, and... i was thinking maybe he might follow a similar path as a kobe and his by somehow like finding absolution for these lost souls or something i don't know mm. but yeah really confused with the jade statue thing and i don't know if that's because it hasn't been revealed yet or if it's just been so complicated that i couldn't crack it the storyline that i've liked more is what's going on with perrin because yeah there's not as much just dead time with him but there was still like this element of mystery as to you know what's he trying to do getting the the hounds of shadow activated again they mm -hmm. have a name what's what's their name yeah the, it starts uh, with the b i think the no the d oh, deragoth yeah yeah right and that whole the whole explanation of how they're related to dejum nebril and decimbalakis or whoever like decimbal yeah decimbalakis created dejum nebril right and also created the deragoth and was like yeah trying to achieve immortality by splitting his soul or like Voldemort <laughs> I don't remember exactly well, he, what was happening he was, I don't yeah he was the first em emperor right or or he was a leader of the old empire or first empire whatever they call it something he was related to the first empire somehow because Dejim Nebral's backstory like he talks about how the first empire should have yeah 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 and in the we learned somehow in the first empire that's where it's divers and soul taken were created like the symbolakis did some sort of ritual to turn people into mm, that okay. but but then he was like dang specifically with dejan nimbral he was like wait i messed up i want to kill you now or get rid of you but i don't right. know if he felt that way about all of the divers but it seemed like that was the fall of the the empire was that happening that's the sense i'm getting from it i think that's a fair assumption we can make for now i don't Sounds like you recall more of the details than I do. I just kind of remember that these things are all related. But I liked Perrin's storyline because at first it was confusing, but I felt like it was confusing for an acceptable amount of time. And then there was an, an explanation for what he was doing. And then it paid off and it was cool. 
and now it seems like he kind of had a smart plan and it's yeah it yeah it's i'm really intrigued to see what happens here if it works out same like the whole thing with him becoming master of the deck in memories of ice i think was cool but then like nothing really happened i was like wanting more from that i mean mm-hmm. he he uh what's the word what's there's like a an actual word for it but like he solidified house of chains right and maybe he did that in house of chains yeah in, uh, that was that was a big moment right and he kind of had a smart plan around there like you know we're gonna yeah we're gonna chain the crippled god so he has some checks on his power but i think it, i think it's cool like you said i got the sense that he was going to be just this like okay he's in the other realm he's more of a like guy behind the the screen or guy in the chair whatever the phrase is of like being Mm -hmm. support from afar and like strategic play but not really interacting so it's cool to see him raise and like an undead army and bring back uh what's his name hedge hedge yeah yeah (laughs) bring back hedge and i liked the interaction with the tri tri the guild whatever they're called yeah the traders yeah Yeah. that was those guys are always fun I like these like bizarro elements in Malazan. I think they're done pretty well. Like, yeah. The, another example is the when Iskral Pust in like the beginning comes b- before a cotillion in Shadow Throne and is talking out loud, even though he thinks he's talking in his mind, and it goes back and forth and it, just like funny stuff like that. That there is, I feel like a lot of it in this book. Where in previous books, I don't know. Maybe it's just my impression, yeah. but but like there was like one or two bizarro elements, but now there's more. There's like the skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Also, the Yeah, yeah. to they're Tisti Edor, right? I think they they had possessed a Tisti Edor at one point because they were speaking to her in that language. Okay, but they definitely they're they're they funny have some because, knowledge that yeah is going to get revealed at some point. They're funny because they're like kind of dumb and ridiculous, but like are it's like a good way to do foreshadowing because they're like. Oh, yeah. we can't let the mistress know. Like they're obviously they're not like on her side, but they're like, oh, of course, mistress. You know, like right. I right. think that's pretty well done. Anyway, to go back to the parent part, just yeah. to tie that one up. Like I yeah, I enjoyed all those parts. It's been a while since he's been on screen. When the uh like the armored bear thing was coming at him and he throws the card at him and captures yeah. him, you know, the, the Pokemon situation yeah. that was card going on captures. there. And yeah. Card captors. Yeah. Is he's like supposedly says magic words, but really he's just saying like I hope this works. Yeah, that's a, that stuff yeah. was funny, and I thought pretty well done. And then that like epic escape where they're the whole carriage gets wrecked going down through the uh, jagged Warren. Yeah, I the name of that Warren. Anyway, like that stuff was all pretty cool and and fun action, and like probably my favorite part so far was that, all that. Who's the Jack Hut that's with him? What's her name again? Yeah, she. She has a name. Is she has a name that sounds like someone else's name with a lisp on it? That's what I remember. Do not remember her name, and I'm also not sure if she has more significance or not. Well, she's like she she seems like she's a jaghut who just got freed and is on some quest, right? And I assumed it had something to do with Dejan Nimbral because she's like some spell to stop something has broken, but mm. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna look her up. Her name. Yeah, look her up. Other things. Oh, I also like that Krepa got a little bit of time. Sounds like he's not going to be a main character in this book, but yeah. it was fun to just like see him for a few pages with Perrin. Yeah. If I if I could complain about one more thing, 
I felt like in Malazan, there are several really good established characters, but there are also a lot of characters who just kind of feel like kind of bleed copy, into each other, just copies of other characters with different names. I think the the worst example of this is all of the Malazan officers and yeah, not even officers, just like all those characters. Like, yes, they're distinct, but they don't really have any distinct voices to them. And so it's really hard as a reader to separate these things. Even when we talk about like the bizarro elements, like the Iskral Pust versus Absalar's little companions, the things they say, like it could be, you know, like there's really no separation sometimes. And yeah. I feel like if I was just to open a page of a book and start reading randomly, there's a good chance I'd be confused which character is here. And I know there's a lot of characters. So that's fair. But at the same time, I feel like most books spend more time separating out character voices and there's just not a lot of effort done here in that regard. Yeah. And I wonder if, wonder how intentional that is it being like a military. I'm, I'm struggling reading because halfway through these books, they switched narrators and now like all those voices that had like all the voices of people who had already appeared are now different in general and like like quick ben sounds like a crazy old wizard now where where in the first audiobook he felt like a young like normal halfway through this book or this book they switched to a different one i think uh house of chains it switched narrators so halfway through i try to listen a little bit but i i mostly just read because i cannot focus enough on these ones I, I agree though, and I I just assumed it had something to do with the, the narrator switch, but like some of them are getting their own personalities for sure, and like like Bottle, mm-hmm. like I know who Bottle is, you know, like yeah, he's got interesting things going on that tie back to what's that in Midnight Tides? I feel like we've seen this like ape beast goddess that visited him in a book before. I feel like I had this unlock, but I'm it's slipping mm-hmm. from me. Are you talking about? the vision that he experienced during the uh the honey scene uh he saw her there but also before okay before the siege but yeah yeah her she's she the aerosol or something like that anyways that that's Mm. interesting and then he he uses holds maybe that's why i'm connecting him to midnight tides because he uses holds instead of uh warrens but yeah so bottle is more memorable obviously fiddler but a lot of the other ones, like they're, one of them just died. I feel like I just met the guy and, and he died by sacrificing himself in the siege. And then... Well, no. So, that I mean, that was a character that we've seen before and was significant. Oh, was it? Yes, it was Truth, right? Like this was one of the one of the uh, Malzons that was ab- aboard the Solara and got that kind of protection, whatever was going on there. What is that? No, the, the Salandra. Salandra? The ship? Is that the, the ship and the Warren with the headless? Yes. To see Eater? When they like landed it on the edge of seven cities and whatever book that was. What protection did he get from that? Uh, him and two other Maza. One of them is off with Kalam and Quick Ben and like mm. f- and fell off of one of the sky keeps and was hurt, but you're like, oh, he's fine because he's got the blessing from mm. the Solandra, Solanda, whatever it is. Anyway, he, yeah, truth has been around for a while. But he sacrificed himself and apparently, you know, exploding in a fiery inferno is not protected. Yeah, I didn't remember him at all. That's my bad then. I was just like, oh, well, no, isn't... I mean, I th- I think that's 
gets to a little bit of my issue of these these characters just yeah. lead into each other too much. Yeah. Speaking of the honey scene, I thought that was really cool. That was some interesting exposition, the way they do it like that. And like Fiddler sees Hedge, doesn't he? That was fun. Yeah. And then and kind of gives him a little gives Fiddler some foreshadowing and a purpose of like, you know, you've got to yeah. do something. And yeah. Yeah. And it was it was well placed too because chapter seven, which we haven't really talked about, yeah, was just kind of hurtling along. And so it was nice to have a bit of a slowdown through all that. Yeah. Chapter seven, I think, was probably one of it might be my favorite part of the the favorite part to read so far. It was just a really well done battle scene, which we've seen some battles in Malazan, but generally it's been more like the chain of dogs wasn't really a battle as much as like Mm -hmm. several small battles. Yeah. Whereas this is one extended battle that I thought was done really well. Although would you even call it a battle? Like I was going into it. I thought it was going to be a big long battle and I saw the chapter was like a hundred pages long or whatever. And it started off as a fight. And so I was thinking that's what we're going to get here. And then all of a sudden it turned into this fiery hellscape and then, you know, escape crawl through the tunnels. Like it was all, I thought it was really good. It was, it was certainly a highlight of the book so far, but maybe yeah. not what I was expecting when I, when we started the fight for Yigaten. Yeah. Maybe that's why I liked it. Cause it just developed so naturally. And like the stakes stayed high while developing it was a battle like in the first um part of it though right it seemed like we were certainly setting up for the siege and yeah we'd been you know we had some foreshadowing and some maybe not foreshadowing but we had some glimpses into both sides of the camp some and suspense some, of like what the yeah, plans are some uncertainty yeah. of what the yeah what the plans were exactly and lots of tension and so it was all set up really well and then subverted and kind of a cool i'm interested to see if like, why does Bottle, like, if this rat that he's connected to has more purpose? And the whole aerosol thing, I wonder, I don't know if that is supposed to be. I was thinking of the part in Midnight Tides where, who's the slave guy? The slave of the Tissy Eater? He's a lethery. Yeah. Dang, I'm what so it, bad yeah. with names. Yeah, I know you're talking about, but I don't remember he gets, Udinas? Udinas? Is that, is that it? Yeah, Udinas, I think. So he gets... There's a wraith following him, and then this other shadow beast bites him, and he's like dying. But then the wraith is like helping him keep alive, and he is in this fever dream where a different goddess sees him and like rapes him. Right. I might have been conflating, thinking that was this lady, but I don't think that this mm. goddess. Maybe it was. I don't know. I have no thoughts on this. <laughs> the other part that I think might be my favorite is it's a lot shorter, so I don't know if it's my favorite part I've read so far. But Carsa Orlong like wrestling the demon uh like for that whole chapter was so the big cool. lizard thing i think it was supposed to be uh kachin shamal right oh was it just a short tail i think it was a, sh- a short tail yeah i got the vibe that it's like really big which are kachin shamal much bigger than karsa i don't know that's what i assumed it was but we did it might be because we were just getting a lot of kachin shamal injections into the story again which i'm always down for some more uh dino civilizations sounds uh-huh. pretty cool <laughs> no that part was cool although looking back it's like what I'm why sure, i'm not sure what the significance was yeah 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 it's kind of a step a step towards leon and the rest of the group going towards yigatan and it was yeah introducing the book and maybe just reminding us that karsa is cool yeah yeah i have no idea what karsa's plotline is going to entail where's he 
Where's he going now? I'm trying to remember. So he's it... headed off with Samar Dev to this island. What is the name of the island? Se- Sepik? Something like that? But it's... why is he headed there again? Like, yeah, why I don't did know. He... I don't think we know. He did... I feel like he had a motivation to leave the island, but I don't think it was related to... Samar Dev got yeah. some info. There was a map. Yeah. Yes, there, there was a map. And he was like, can we get a copy of the map and go right now? And there was some discussion about that. I, I don't remember the reason for what is happening. Yeah, there. I like her. She's cool. Some are deaf. They're a fun pairing yeah. together. She has. Is, yeah. She's a little more unique. Like this is a unique pairing that I feel like their voices are are fun to read and, and distinct from other characters. No bleed over here. So I like that. And Cars is just great to read from as horrible as an like, individual as he can be. Like he has such gravitas, like. Any scene with him in it is going to be entertaining to read, I feel like. And I feel like Summer Dev is a good He definitely companion started off as a really horrible individual earlier in his storyline. But I feel like, I mean, he's still somewhat barbaric compared to uh, other characters. But I feel like he's softened up a little bit. He still does. I think his biggest flaw right now is he has no respect for life. Like, if someone is annoying him, he will kill them. And, like, yeah, just consider it like part of life yeah but yeah he's his journey has been so cool because he he started off like really like bl- lots of bloodlust and like wanted glory through subjugating others and murdering others and pillaging and all that but he always had uh like the sense of honor and as rigid and like ignorant as he is it's been so cool to see moments of him realize like no this is the honorable thing to do i'm doing this now you know and kind of adjust his his worldview that way I'm missing out on the uh the commentary from his friend who'd always say war leader that's how he talks <laughs> in, the, in the book he's like war leader and i think that uh carsa and akarium are gonna meet up because akarium is kind of in that area around the island and akarium has acquired a new companion that is taking advantage of his memory loss yeah well I feel like this is one of those things that Ikarium's uh, going to be like a pivotal character in the last book and either sight, like helping defeat the crippled god or being someone they have to overcome against the crippled mm. god. And I feel like I'm trying to make sense of the storyline. So it seems like the De- Dejan Nimbral was released to take out Mapo, right? I thought he was going for Ikarium. You think you think it's Mapo? Oh, because the Nameless One released him, but then the Nameless Ones were talking to Mapo afterwards saying like... You left your... Yeah. You quit your responsibility. Okay. And I didn't really understand this, but like... And then he has that new companion, and I assumed, oh, that's the new person they want leading... The companion... You you picked up the the companion, uh, whatever, the like Veed or something like that? Yeah, what's his name? Whatever the... Yeah. uh, Tarlock Veed. He was he was in the book earlier just for a few snippets and he was always following Dejan. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah, you no, you helped me kind of put that together a little bit more. Yeah. So so he was he was following Dejan Nibral so that way he could replace right, Mapo. So he could replace Mapo. And once he became Akarium's companion, he unloaded the information that Mapo had been keeping from him. Yeah. And it sounds like with with Mapo and Ikarium, Ikarium has was given some purpose and it's nefarious and so mapo 
helped him realize that. And, but because of the memory loss, Mapo is like, I need to stay with him to stop him from like accidentally fulfilling this purpose. And whereas he was probably sent to, it seems like the, the nameless ones were saying Mapo was originally sent to make sure Ikarian right. fulfilled this purpose. That sounds right. And now Tarlac is going to do that. Little confused why we need to release freaking Dedrum, yeah, uh, Neverall yeah. in order to take out Mapo. Like Mapo doesn't seem that tough. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's certainly tough. Like he's you know he's a capable fighter, but there are a lot of really strong things out here, and yeah, this, this Neverall thing seems like it's it seems like it's an ascendant level. Yeah, threat. like like. This we're releasing all the hounds of the shadow to try to take it out. So, did it just maybe leave a little Icarian? over? It's like a little overkill for Mapo. How did that play out? Like Mapo got taken out, and then yeah, Mapo got taken out, and then and then uh, it was going to finish off Mapo, and Iskral Pust showed up oh. and fought him off. <laughs> that's that's right. And like, okay, maybe he isn't an ascendant level threat because Iskral Pusk is like. A priest of shadow right so he's got he's right. like high up there but he's not a warrior you know I mean, so I, I see i see a nebral as more of a a real strong brute force type thing that can do a lot of damage but can also be outsmarted yeah okay yeah Pusk had some good moments yeah pusk is another one of those characters yeah. that is just absurd but adds a lot of i think my favorite part with him was when he released the fish into the lake and then talks about how he's looking forward to going fishing. But yeah. little does he know his wife has released the sharks into the lake. Yeah. <laughs> what was happening with like the moon? She was like stealing light from the moon to weave something. I'm trying to remember that. I feel like that had an, played an important role as well. Not totally Man. sure. But I just forgot about that till just now. I mean, it was basically just a hill mapo. Yeah. But it, like, but the light of the moon disappearing. Like was affected affected someone else's plot i thought maybe not no you're right it was like noticed somewhere else yeah but they're interesting so was it kalam who noticed it yeah something I like could, that i could be way off it was someone like yeah. very disconnected yeah yeah i wonder what the 14th army is going to do now and also i wonder how fiddler and company are if they're going to go back to the 14th they're technically dead right or deserters they talked about using this opportunity to strike yeah. that on their own. And we've seen this happen with the other bridge burners who are just chilling out in Darugistan right now. At yeah. The, at the bar with Diker. Yeah, Diker's telling them the story of the chain of dogs yeah. still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story, man. It took took me a long time to read the story. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we, we could probably go into predictions for the second half now, right? Yeah. So it seemed like it was more uh, again more of a war story in the first half with the big thing yeah. between Liama and, and and eradicating the last of this rebellion and the fight with Yugatan and several of the other books have been big wars or big sieges but i don't that's see that's over now yeah yeah i don't i don't see the second half setting up that way like it seems like the more military side of thing uh, is done for this book at least and now we're focused more on this you know yeah. ascendant god fantasy clash of some big heavy hitters so drijna is over like leoman of the flails is still out there yes but he has no army potentially it could start up again if phyllis and younger become shaikh mm -hmm. but i don't and see that i remember there was also a plotline earlier where 
I don't remember who this was, but they insinuated that the crippled god would be trying to harness the whirlwind, harness Drishna, right? Well, he did. He did in House of Chains, right? Is that already done? I thought they were saying he did that. Right. I felt like, I don't know, I was getting some vibes that when they were saying we need to find another Shaikh, it was almost like, so no one else does. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that might just be tying up a loose end, if anything, rather than... Yeah, yeah, maybe it's not a big deal. We haven't seen the crippled god in this book. Yeah. After after he came on and was a fairly big player in the last few, and it started to you know hint towards this is like the end game for the series, like this is the Thanos character. He's been present in his absence so far. Yeah, and I'm getting I'm getting the sense that a lot of the plot lines he's been involved with haven't been a cohesive effort on his part. It's been more like seeing yeah. opportunities and going like the shy thing, seeing that yeah. opportunity. Other than maybe Ruan, I remember we talked about this before. I I like that take of he's very chaotic and he's got a lot of balls that he's juggling, and whenever yeah. an opportunity comes his way. He just kind of goes for it. Yeah, and I I do think it's all part of his greater plan and that it's like causing that chaos and like and is like causing pain in the world, but I don't see it as much as like now that I did this with Drijna, this unlocks a path over here. It's more like he's trying to do like death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Like take just other than keep it all moving and eventually yeah. opportunities will open themselves for me. Like with the Panion Seer, as was that him? I think it was. He was definitely involved. I don't yeah. remember exactly how, though. Other than maybe Rulad, though, I wonder if Rulad is like an endgame play for him. Forgot about that guy. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. He put a lot of effort into that, and they are definitely still a force in the world that hasn't been resolved, which means they've been around for a mm. decent amount of time compared to his other plans. But, yeah. Okay. So, I, so I, yeah, yeah I what, are, see, what are you seeing? I mean, I... I, I don't see the Shaikh thing... Yeah really being a uh like a in-game moment for this book i have no idea what Kars is going to get into i'm hoping we get to see this is more of a hope than a prediction i hope we get to see him confront the forces of the crippled god in some way since he was like refused being the knight but he i think still is the knight of chains i want to see that interaction i'm hoping we see perrin like a perrin crippled god confrontation as well like i want to see him have an I want to see part of his plan be part uh, be a focus of the climax. You want to see, get some sense of how Perrin's plan to legitimize the crippled god is going. Was it a good idea? Yeah. That? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And then I want to know who the bone hunters are. We're halfway through the book. Haven't seen many bones. Don't yeah. know what's happening there. I did look ahead, not like reading ahead, but I just looked at the titles of the books. And book four is called The Bone Hunters. Yeah, that's how most of his. I think that's how most of the books are structured. Are like all of the them last like that? book is the name. Yeah, can, of... yeah, that might be how all of them are. Yeah, <laughs> I've stumbled upon a great uh, insight here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Absalar is going to confront that last name at the end of this book, or is that a longer play? I like my theory that it's Perrin, and if it is, I feel like it really fits in this book. It would be, yeah, a nice tie-in. I mean, there's certainly some plot lines that have been around that have been established since book one that we haven't mm. really seen come to fruition. But there are also, you know, a good amount that just bear out within the course of a book. And I feel like this one, I don't know, I, I, I hope this one 
ties up in this book. It, it would be, I, I want those resolutions. Yeah. Uh, just a thought. I was going through like the other groups of people. No idea what Heboric's end of book is going to look like at all. Well, they're dead. But are, I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, they're definitely not dead. Dude, like Cutter was holding his guts and Heboric was getting stabbed over and over. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> well, they might be dead, but they're not out of the story. I'll say that. The uh, the presence of all the flies makes me think Hood. Yeah. Right. Especially from it, that epic scene in the prologue of Ed House Gates, right? When the when that priest is going yeah. down the town and gets consumed by the flies. Very yeah. similar vibes of what's going on here. So perhaps Hood enters the fray here in a bigger way. Yeah. Hood's Hood seems cool. I wish we got more from him, but I think it makes sense that you don't see a lot of him. There was a little hint that uh, Kalam was more heavily involved with Hood, which we yeah. kind of know already, right? Yeah, I do kind of conflate Hood and Shadow Throne at times, but yeah. he was definitely working for Cotillion and House and Dead House Gates, right? I think he was. Not Hood. I but speaking of their group of people, Solara is pregnant. And it keeps talking about, it mentioned a couple times that she's like, I don't even know who the father is. Like it could be anybody just because of like her circumstances. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, uh, I don't know if I'm hoping, it'd be cool if her baby was somehow deified in some way or something like that. You know what I mean? Like maybe Mm -hmm. it was, it's part of a God's plan or honestly for Solara, it'd be nice if it's just a normal baby and she can overcome her trauma and go settle down and raise this child outside of, yeah, uh, a lot of characters in Malazan are able to settle down and overcome their trauma. Yeah. I think it's a big theme of the series. Yeah, yeah, she can just chill on the Adataro <laughs> island. No magic can harm her there. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it'll be a good time. There's probably some beaches on that island. Good, yeah, good there times. are good times. Yeah. yeah. Do you think we're gonna see anything more with Kachin Chamal in the in this book? Like any major developments there? Uh, well, we have those like. 10 sky keeps that are hanging yeah. out in that imperial warren kalam and friends are out of those uh, kind of out of that area but yeah is the imperial yeah. warren the same as the shadow warren no i don't think so the the imperial warren they were speculating in this book that the imperial warren may be the original kachin Shmael. okay okay i was thinking i always thought they were the same because shadow throne was the emperor that Malazan Emperor, right? Anyways, okay. I okay, feel like that makes different. sense. But okay. could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we get more of Quick Ben. Quick Ben is a yeah. mysterious character, and he's been on screen here in this book for longer than he's been for several other books. Like, I feel like he's he's another character that's often conspicuous in his absence, and people are talking about him and wondering what's going on with him. And I, I would like to know. So I hope we get more of that. Yeah. And people in like the Malazan community really like him. And like he's cool. And we have we got that cool backstory of him during the first seven cities campaign of like basically he has like like seven plus other people's souls in him. And that's how he has access to so many Warrens. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it'd be cool to see. I'd like to see him uh, play a bigger role and get more inside yeah. of his head. Let's unleash him a little bit more. Yeah. There's a lot of heavy hitters that... And in this book, especially, I feel like I feel like there are so many different plot lines and it jumps around to a lot of characters. And now that we're six books saying it can do that because we've established a lot of these people. So it really could set up for an exciting ending. 
I've heard people tell me that like the series that the Bone Hunters is one of their favorites. Really? Yeah, I think right now, and we'll do like a obviously a, a more established ranking once we finish the book. But I think I like Memories of Ice and Midnight Tides the best so far. But I'm I'm liking this one a lot. I I'm liking where things are going. I feel like we got a in uh like chapter nine or ten, we got a really good info dump from Perrin of explaining like these are yeah. Warrens, this is a cripple Finally. god, you know, like where was this? This should be in the Ars Arcanum. <laughs> yeah, like it would have been nice to, to get a lot of that information in book one or two, but yeah, good to get some confirmations there. And some interesting ideas that kind of hit back to uh, some of your ideas that you're talking about in your world building where like gods level up based yeah. on the amount of belief yeah. that, they're, you know, the amount of followers they have and they can be demoted or promoted. Yeah, yeah cool. like with like uh, giving the Treach backstory of, he was one of the first heroes. And now I want to read a book about the first heroes. That's just sounds cool. The mythos of that. There and might getting... be. There are like, there are lots of spinoffs, different little series. I know. I think I own through that humble bundle and the audible deal. I think I own like 80% of them now. I just got to get, obviously got to get through. Right. All, but... Yeah. It'll, it'll take some time. Anyways. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm liking it. There were, I feel like I have some complaints, but maybe I'm just voicing some issues that i've had for a while with the series it's certainly not my like malzahn is not my exact cup of tea yeah but i do really like i like the complexity but sometimes it's just frustrating for me and i can't get past it yeah i wish yeah i'm hoping by the end of it that we do get like i don't need an answer to everything but i i hope we get a complete understanding of like all these things are like this is happening i don't know why like i hope we get a better understanding of like Right. Intense, yeah, right. intentions. Um, I would say Malazan right now is probably in my top five fantasy series. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, for am I? I think like ones that have recently entered are Abercrombie and Malazan. Getting darker. Yeah, Jake's in Jake's top five. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm excited to keep going. It was interesting reading Lightbringer after this, like such a faster read, but I'm excited to jump back in. Cool. Well, if you are enjoying what we're doing or have anything to say about our or speculation or, you know, want to correct us, which some people do, that is that is fine. You know, just politely let us know what we got wrong. I'm sure there were some things. You can just drop us a comment, obviously on YouTube or wherever, or you can hop on our Discord. Invites are on the episode description below and check out all the other stuff we've reviewed, including the rest of Jake's dark top five. <laughs> All right, see you later. See you guys. <laughs>